Hello there, and welcome to the Joyfully Black Podcast, where we have candid conversations with Black women on nourishing their mental well-being while balancing career, family life, and community care. I'm your host, Joy Dixon, a public health professional turned woman in tech and lover of seeing people thrive in their zone of genius. A quick heads up. Our episode today is about finding peace during life transitions and we'll mention navigating postpartum depression. If you or someone you know is struggling with postpartum depression, help is available. You can call or text Postpartum Support International at 1-800-944-4733. So today's guest is an author and known for bridging the gap between well-being and work. Tiffany Lanier is the leading voice in personal growth, change, and well-being. As a public speaker, facilitator, and founder of the Morning Shift Company, Tiffany helps individuals and organizations initiate personal and collective change through intentional morning experiences that support how they live, lead, and work. And, you know, I'm such a fan of yours, Tiffany. So welcome to Joyfully Black. I'm so excited to be here because I am Joyfully Black. So <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I love it. I love the name. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. So, you know, Tiffany, um, I always like to have um, guest level set. You know, I'd really love for you to tell us your story. How did you start on this path to well-being and really fostering these intentional morning experiences. Yeah. And a story it is. <laughs> um, you know, for me, it it started with the pregnancy of my firstborn. Mm-hmm. Um, during that pregnancy, I ran into a few complications mm-hmm. that were pretty life-threatening. Mm. And the doctor told me that I wouldn't make it to 24. Well, not I, but my, my unborn daughter wouldn't make it to 24 weeks at the time. And mm-hmm. because of those complications, there was also a possibility that I could lose my life in the process. And this was really the beginning of having to have a few uh, talks with myself through that time, mm-hmm. because as I was now having to navigate uh, this particular season of change is, is what I call them. Um, I was up against a couple of different things at the time. I was just start. I had just started my company uh, mm-hmm. live at Tiffany where I was coaching and speaking and now I was pregnant, but then now I'm also having these complications mm-hmm. and at the time, because I was just had, I just started my entrepreneurial journey. Um, if you know anything about entrepreneurship, it is a, a hustle mm-hmm. <laughs> and grind uh, center, you know, yes. for driving yourself into the ground, basically. Mm-hmm. And at the time, I had been like pulling all nighters and doing all kind of very unhealthy things. And with being pregnant, I had to already start thinking, okay, you got to start doing a bit better, right? Because Mm -hmm. you are housing a whole human. But then with the complications, I had to really allow myself to give my body a fair chance of creating a space for Mm well-being so that my, my unborn child could have a fighting chance to survive and live and that my body could have a chance to survive and, and live through this particular experience. Um, so that was 
the beginning process of me starting to think, okay, there's some shifts that you need to make mm-hmm. um, in order to create space for your well-being in this particular moment. And it was through that, that I began to try to focus on like, what is meditation and what Mm -hmm. could this look like for me? Um, Limiting the amount of hours that I was even working at the time and really having some focus hours versus a lot of the time we do a lot of busy work, right? That takes so much of our time and attention, Mm -hmm. just really honoring my body and what I was experiencing and allowing myself to just veg if I needed to, or sleep when I needed to and Mm -hmm. rest when I needed to. And so that was the beginning. And I overcame those complications Mm -hmm. um, with my miracle baby, Autumn Sky. Mm -hmm. And uh, a few months later, you know, after I gave birth to her, I then started going through another interesting season of change outside of being a brand new mom. Right. That's a whole identity shift in itself. Yes. Uh-huh. But I was, I began to go through postpartum depression mm. and it was in post during this postpartum depression time that it was so difficult. Like I thought the complications was challenge was a challenge mm-hmm. and that was a difficult time to overcome but the mental and emotional spiral Mm. that I felt myself experiencing and going through all Mm -hmm. while not only trying to be a mom, but also trying to run a business and trying to be a motivator to people on stages and trying Mm -hmm. to provide clarity, you know, to my coaching client. I mean, I was just literally trying to be the 101 things that so many of us are constantly uh, juggling, right. Or we're juggling multiple, uh, roles and personalities and mm-hmm. <laughs> all kinds of things. Um, and it was at a time that I felt so unmotivated yeah. and so unclear about my path, about who I was, what I wanted, how I could be all of these things to all of these people. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it made me feel like a fraud, you mm-hmm. know, um, talk about like imposter syndrome. Like, yes. like People come to me for clarity and I'm unclear. People come to me for motivation and I am not motivated. Like, who am I in this process? Um, and it took a mentor of mine to ask me a really strange question, mm. uh, but I'm happy that she did. And she said, what do you do in the morning? And I'm like, I don't even understand why you were asking me this because my mornings are crazy. Um, I have a newborn or at the time, you know, even she might've been six or seven months at the time, but not sleeping through the night. Mm-hmm. I'm exhausted. I still got to get up and get things going. Okay. I got to get to work. I got all these things to do. So my morning is just pretty much scattered. And she's like, well, you know, you just had a baby. You went through a crazy traumatic experience, you know, with these complications in the last year, you just started a new business. That's its own birthing of something brand new, right? Yes. And at that time, I had just moved across country from Florida to Denver. And she's like, and you just made a really big move. <laughs> like you have done a lot of things in a very short period of time. Have you held any space for all the changes that you have made, both physically, mentally, emotionally? Like, have you given yourself any time to actually process any of it. Mm. And I'm like, no, you know, like, no, I haven't. I just kept going. I just kept moving forward and trying to get to the next thing and reach the next goal. And that is ultimately what hustle culture, you know, Mm -hmm. really does to us. Um, Really our, our Western culture, American culture is Mm -hmm. rooted in 
hyper productivity. Like if you're not productive, if you're not being whatever that means, truly productive, like, Mm -hmm. are you even doing anything? Right. Are you even worth anything? Are you even valued as a human Are Like, these are all the things that we are constantly asking ourselves, which is why it's so difficult for us to rest. Why it's so difficult for us to slow down or just be, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it was in some of these questions that she asked me that I realized I was not uh, what we say, like pouring, I was not pouring into myself, right? I right. was pouring into everyone else and yes. everything else. And my cup was empty. <laughs> you know, like you were empty the, vessel. Uh, yes, I was an empty vessel. And did I even have a cup? You know, we talk Ooh. a lot about like, you're pouring from an empty cup, but I'm not even sure I had a cup, you Ooh, know, yeah. and that's a whole conversation. That, that is a whole conversation. <laughs> you didn't even have a cup. Do you oh. even have a cup? And I'm not sure I had a cup to pour from. Um, and I was like, okay, something needs to change. I have a big, I have a big vision mm-hmm. for my life. I have a big vision for how I want to contribute to the world. I have a big mm-hmm. vision for how I want to show up as a parent, as mm-hmm. a partner, as all the things and all the roles. And so what I'm doing right now clearly is not working. Mm-hmm. It is not leaving me in a good mental or emotional state which is not allowing me to be the best version of who I am here to be. So I know at this point, something has to change. Um, And that was really the beginning of me creating a practice for rediscovering who I was. And so what she instilled in me was you got to create some time for yourself. You know, like, I really think you need to focus on like building, even if just a few minutes in the morning on like doing something that lights you up and also maybe doing some, some self-discovery work that will recalibrate your being. Right. Mm -hmm. And so as a coach from there, I was like, okay, bet. let me, (laughs) let me see what I could do Uh for myself. Just like I hold space for my clients and others to be better versions of who they're here to be and to Mm -hmm. create work that is meaningful. Like I need to treat myself like a client and what would I tell myself and what would I do? Um, And so it was in that understanding that I began creating a morning practice to Mm -hmm. ultimately rediscover who I was for that time, for that season of my life, to redefine what mattered to me, what was most important, reprioritize, Mm -hmm. you know, everything and allow myself to create that container for discovery and healing and care and just really um, honor the time and space Mm. and not feel like I had to rush myself into any, any one particular place. And from creating that container of well-being, um, everything really started to shift for me. And it took, it took a couple of months, but maybe I would say within three months or so of being consistent with my practice, mm-hmm. I could actually see the light at the end of the tunnel, mm-hmm. you know, and maybe it was during that time that I built a cup you know, if we're going to say with the analogy of no cup, it was in this, in this time that I I actually maybe even custom molded, molded a cup, Mm -hmm. right. That fit the Tiffany that was in that moment um, versus the Tiffany that was in the past that I was so eager to try to hold on to. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was from that cup that I could begin to pour again. 
Tiffany, I, I really appreciate sharing this with us today. And I and I think the first time I met you, first time we NLC met, conference. NLC okay. conference. And we were on a bus from the airport going to the conference. Yes. You know, they were transporting us. And I remember you sharing a little bit of your story. And so I'm glad I've heard, the, I guess, the more complete version. I'm sure there's other bits and pieces. Mm-hmm. And what's standing out to me, there's a lot of things that's standing out to me, right? Something that you just said around accepting this cup that looks like the you that you are now versus mm-hmm. the person that you used to be. Mm-hmm. You said it took about three months. I know you you know, did some inner work in there, but mm-hmm. what was that like realizing that the past you is that's the past and you're walking into this acceptance of this new role you have as a mom, you know, being an entrepreneur, coming to terms with all of these huge transitions that you just went yeah. through in a short period of time? Yeah. Whew. <laughs> I'm still processing that time. And mm-hmm. I feel like I've probably smashed and recreated new cups <laughs> lots of times since then. Uh-huh. Um, but that initial change, you know, and and I talk and I have shared as as you mentioned, I've shared this with you on a bus, right? Like I just yeah. met you and I was like, here's my story. Right. Um, this is this is something I clearly talk about a lot. Um and, but within that, what I learned, maybe even some months of reflecting later, is that what I was going through was an identity death. And I never knew that a part of you almost feels like it has to die in order to create space for this next version of who you're here to become. Mm-hmm. And what happens in this identity death is like any other real tangible death, like a mourning period. There's grief and there's trying to understand and what's happening, understand, well, who am I without, you know, usually it's a person without this person in my life, but it's the same. Who am I now without this person, this past Mm -hmm. me that I had plans and visions for, and we, Mm -hmm. you know, we're doing all the things now a part of that version of her Mm -hmm. is no longer with me. Right. And I have to now come to terms with it Mm -hmm. and then I have to be okay with it. (laughs) And then I have to allow for the person that's emerging all at the same time or within a period of time. So that looks different for everyone else. For me, it was a couple of months because I was doing this deep work and I'm a and because I'm a coach, I think I was able to ask myself some deeper questions and not everyone is able to do that with themselves. Absolutely. Right? But it was really just allowing myself to become completely unraveled mm. and, and working to detach from the person I was and then who I was developing into at that time. And so it looked messy and it mm-hmm. looked scary and it looked like resistance and crying and joy and <laughs> like you know it's it's a, it's a very mixed emotion experience right. and i hope i'm i'm answering the you question are. the way that you you asked it to me but it's just a full and, and i'm actually working on a new keynote and so i've i've literally been thinking about this process again as i'm putting this talk together and it's the messy version of the experience of becoming it mm-hmm. is literally the discovery the rediscovering the puzzle pieces are all, you know, like when you think about a puzzle, when we get ready to do a puzzle, Mm -hmm. the puzzle pieces are everywhere. Yes. Like they are everywhere. 
And you know that at some point you're going to put those puzzle pieces back together and Mm -hmm. eventually you're going to have this finished product. And that is kind of what we usually are enduring as we go through great seasons of change. Mm -hmm. We have to like literally almost come apart like a puzzle and we have to work to put the puzzle pieces back together Mm -hmm. for them to make sense. And at times there's like, couple of little pieces come together and you're like, okay, I see, I see something developing over here. It's still Uh not clear, but I'm getting somewhere. And there's all these little sections, you know, like I'm just like literally thinking the last time I had to do a puzzle, but you have all these little pieces that are starting to come together. And then eventually there's the big picture. And that's kind of what it felt like. And what it feels like when we're going through these seasons of understanding is messy pieces that we're working towards putting back together. And that was what it felt like time to get back to a place of quote unquote normalcy for the moment. Cause then we know we're, we're headed right back into another transition of some sort. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, one of my favorite things to say is like l- plot twist, just when things are just going so well, right. The curveball is like, okay, all right, we're going to roll with this. We're doing this again. Here we go. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. Yes, here we go is right. <laughs> and and as you were working through this messiness, what were some strategies or tools in addition to your morning routine practice that really helped you during this identity death? Yeah. So within building the practice, so the practice is usually, like you said, it's made up of things, right? It's made up of of tools, resources of some sort. And so Mm -hmm. for me, at that particular time, and and still now, my go-to tools are journaling, Mm -hmm. meditation, Mm -hmm. um, even depending on how spiritual you are and the type of spirituality, I'm, I'm a sucker for a good ritual uh-huh. um, <laughs> and creating that kind of space, particularly around letting go, right? Mm-hmm. A, a ritual of letting go. And that could be very cathartic. So just so that I can put context to like a ritual, depending if you do rituals or not, sure. writing a letter, mm-hmm. right? And and maybe expressing the pain and sorrow of this letting go of this grieving process of the person mm-hmm. I thought we were and now yes. we're not and, and who are we becoming and I don't know I'm so confused but here is what I'm looking forward to or here is what I want or here's what joy means to me and this mm-hmm. is I may not know how to get there right now but this is the kind of joy that I'm looking forward to experiencing you know um whether or not you know it but doing certain acts allows for like moments of closure. And so one of the things I remember doing was writing a letter, probably a letter of grief, more Mm -hmm. so mourning the old self. And then I lit it on fire and just, it's the lighting on fire. It's the act of lighting on fire that is finite, right? And cathartic. You're like, in this moment, I am choosing to let that burn, you know, it's very usher, like let it burn. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> we're going to just let it burn. Yes. Um, and maybe you can play that song too mm-hmm. while you're at it. Tears flow and let yourself be completely messy and unraveled at the seams mm-hmm. and be okay with that messiness. Yeah. Because a lot of the time we're trying so hard to put on the front, you know, yes. and put on 
the, um, the strong person and maybe you are the strong person or you're a strong person for your family. Mm-hmm. And I'm definitely that person that mm-hmm. most people are like, she's been through hard things and she always gets through those hard things and she's fine. And she's going to be fine. Like we know Tiffany, she'll, she'll pull it together. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, but the check on your strong friend thing is real. It is um, very real. And everybody, all of us strong or because what we don't talk about is like, well, if you're not the strong friend, then what are you the weak friend? Like, I don't even know. What are you? you, Exactly. What we're telling people like, well, (laughs) you're the strong one and I I must be the weak one or whatever. I don't (laughs) even know how this conversation is going, (laughs) but we need to like rethink about Mm -hmm. the human experience is full of ups and downs, emotions and plot twists. So maybe we all have moments of change and transition that deserves to be held. You know, we deserve to hold on to our friends, family, Mm -hmm. and those that we care about and allow them to be unraveled at the seams. And because we all been there, Mm -hmm. we all get on the same page here. Most of us, maybe not every, and maybe some people don't, but a lot of people usually get unraveled at the seams at some point in Mm -hmm. their life experience. Mm -hmm. And if we can normalize that, allow for the transition and create the space for this change. So going back to what some of those tools are, Mm -hmm. you know, from the ritual of of burning the letter Mm -hmm. uh, or tossing it, wetting it, crumbling it, putting it in the trash like that. You don't have to burn and be careful. Okay. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, disclaimer. <laughs> right. Don't burn responsibly. No, please, please don't, don't you do it. Like like Tiffany said, right. <laughs> burn my house down. Like this is no. not like, <laughs> make no. sure you're burning. No, no arson, no arson. Yes. Just throw it away. Actually, I take back the burn and just go ahead and crumble and throw it in the, in the trash. <laughs> um, for safety, but, you know, journaling and allowing yourself to free, right. Mm-hmm. Um, without needing any particular tools or prompts, just allowing yourself to be who you are, uh, without trying to, um, censor, right. Mm-hmm. Censor yourself in the writing process. Um, and sometimes you don't have to do anything. Yeah. And I want to say that again, sometimes you don't have to do anything because I think very early on in my own rediscovering process and kind of building out this framework that I now teach, I thought it always had to, you always had to have the thing, right? Because we're always looking for something to do, right? <laughs> something to save us, um, something mm-hmm. to hold on to that's tangible, which is which is fair and, and understandable. But we don't always have to do to become. And just like allow ourselves to be in the become, you know, and, and that in itself is a whole practice, like learning to rest and learning to not <laughs> is a practice in itself. And it's uncomfortable mm-hmm. in the beginning, which is why like meditating is usually so uncomfortable for people mm-hmm. because like, you're like, okay, I'm sitting here and I'm supposed to just be quiet, <laughs> you know, like I'm supposed to like somehow not think or slow down my thoughts or mm-hmm. slow down my thoughts or something. And And that is usually so uncomfortable because we're so used to going, so used to producing. We're so used to having something to show for it, Mm -hmm. right? So when we write in a journal, it's like, okay, I did something. So this feels tangible, like I actually did the work. But if we just sit there, then it's like, did I do anything? Do I have anything to show for this experience? And 
just want everyone to know, yes, your rest is productive enough. Your Mm -hmm. allowance, your sitting there looking at the sky is good enough in these moments of change and transition. We don't always have to outdo ourselves, even in the process of healing or well-being. It's all a part of it. It is. It is. I'm so glad you touched upon those items, particularly around different uh, strategies that people could use, as well as honoring rest. You know, I saw something recently that said, what if your ancestors' wildest dreams was rest? Mm. For those of us who are Black or come from African diaspora, Mm -hmm. many of our ancestors were not able to rest at all. No, ever. It's it's a luxury, right? It it can really Mm -hmm. be seen as a luxury. And so. Yeah. Rest is a a privilege. It is. Like, which is wild, right? It is. It is quite wild and, and really goes into, I mean, this is a whole nother topic, but really goes into that sense of your value being based on how much you produce and, you know, Mm -hmm. your worthiness, but that's a whole nother conversation for another day. You know, (laughs) even to touch quickly before we move on. Yeah. That was a lot of the like inner work that I actually did during the pandemic, because during the pandemic, I found out I was pregnant with mm-hmm. baby number two. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like really sick. Like I had a ton, like just morning sickness just took over and yeah. it was just, it wasn't just the morning, it was the yeah. morning, afternoon and night. And it was just, it really took over. Mm-hmm. And I was just sick most of the time. Um, and I really wasn't all that I say I wasn't all that productive, yet I was growing a whole human, you know? Um, so I think I was more than being productive. More than being <laughs> yes. I mean, building a human is a, is a challenge in itself, but, um, and that's a whole nother topic. We have a lot of topics to cover, Joy. Me like, too. we have to really come back and, yes. and, and yes. like fill in the blanks here. But um, it was in that time, and particularly, I think it was, you know, right after George Floyd and every now everybody wants to be a part of the conversation at the time. And yeah. I was speaking to a white friend of mine and we were just kind of going back and forth. And somehow I got to the conclusion of this idea around always having to produce mm-hmm. and overwork ourselves being internalized trauma passed down, you know, because that what our ancestors did have all they could do was work. And so our need to work to be worthy mm-hmm. is deeply rooted in this idea that literally your worth is attached to your work. Yes. So yes, yes that's a part of American culture as a whole, mm-hmm. but particularly for black people, mm-hmm. that is, that is internalized. That is true to who we've always had to be. And so when we struggle with rest or struggle with stopping and that feeling of unworthiness comes up or, or lacking value because we're not able to produce, that is deeply rooted trauma, you know? And that is, is a part of our own becoming as a culture to allow ourselves, because this is our ancestors' wildest dreams, like outside of the work and the legacies and the things that we are building, like rest in itself, you know, as, as others have talked about, is an act of resistance. It is. Because we have worked ourselves into the ground. Yeah. And have built this place for free, you know, like maybe resting is a part of our own rebellious act, but our own treat our own retreat and an honor 
you know, like honoring our bodies, honoring ourselves, but also honoring everyone before us Mm -hmm. for us to be here right now, to be able to even have the opportunity to do that. That's my two cents as we (laughs) went, went into that conversation real quick. No, and I, I appreciate it. it was more than two cents, honey. It was at least 10, you know? <laughs> you know, that was my 50 cents. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and since you're mentioning you giving yourself permission to rest during the pandemic because you were pregnant with your with your second child, who was such a cutie, both of your oh, children. Thank you. Guys. What was that experience like as far as making that conscious decision? Or did you feel like it was no brainer because you were physically ill. Well, yes, it it was mostly a no brainer because I was physically ill and the Capricorn in me wants to work. Okay. (laughs) Like we are always at it. We are going at Mm -hmm. it all the time. Mm -hmm. She is a busy little bee. Um, And so I, and I love the work that I do. So it doesn't always feel like, but I was very sick. I mean, just my, I did not have the capacity to mm-hmm. show up in the ways that I was showing up before. Yeah. And it was a real struggle. Like I had, to, even though my whole platform is on change and well-being, it uh-huh. was a dose of my own medicine. Like I had to really be like, girl, you literally, this is literally what you talk about, right? What you teach. If uh-huh. you don't sit down somewhere and like honor this season, yeah. <laughs> you know, and like really allow for your own personal change and well-being, mm-hmm. then you cannot practice what you preach. So mm-hmm. I'm gonna need you to take a seat. And it took, I mean, but these are so just so that everybody knows, we are all human here. Yeah. You know, I am constantly having to reiterate my own medicine, my yeah. own work, and come in it, and it just actually helps me validate (laughs) the reasons why I do this even more. And so during that time, I did, I did slow down, you know, am I slowing down? Other people slowing down are two different slowing downs because I actually ended up, I was in a business accelerator. (laughs) I was taking like all kinds of training. So my slowing down still looked a little bit crazy. Um, You published a book too. Oh yeah. And I published a book. Oh yeah. That's correct. That was me on a slow, on a slow year. Okay. Like that was, (laughs) Because usually I would have amplified that by two or three. Mm-hmm. So if you don't know me, just know that the Capricorn in me just puts in the work. Okay. Yes. And so I tried to slow her down. And even then in the midst of the chaos, she was still like, listen, this is what we do. So I, that was slowing down for me, which is interesting because mm-hmm. it actually, I still tried uh, towards the end of my pregnancy. This is again, Capricorn. Um, I was like, I'm going to launch a whole, I'm going to relaunch a whole program. And right in the midst of me relaunching my program at like 36 weeks pregnant, I began to go into early labor. Oh, And I was like, oh, okay, no, I guess you don't get to, <laughs> you're, you're going to stop now mm-hmm. and you're going to just finish out this pregnancy mm-hmm. resting. And, and then he actually came almost exactly on time. So he was just like, listen, stop it. What not going to do is be stressed out on my no. way out. <laughs> no. So you better get it together. So I did. And that was a very big growth move for me mm-hmm. to like literally have to stop mid-launch. And I had a lot of explaining, not explaining, but sharing with my audience that I know I'm, I was putting this work out, but actually I'm going to have to take a pause and put mm-hmm. a pin in this. And I'll let you know, you know, when I return to offer this thing again. And then the following year, 2021, I decided after also some craziness, but that's a whole nother, that's another story, but I just, I made a conscious decision at that point. So this was where the conscious decision came in that I really did need to 
take the rest of the year and just be present at home, like a real break Mm -hmm. and actually not do work at all. It was very hard for me um, Mm -hmm. to completely step back, like not check email, tell people, hey, I know you want me to speak here or do this, but I'm actually not doing that right now. So Mm -hmm. please keep me in mind for, you know, next year or whatever. But I really did make the conscious decision to extend my maternity leave and just be present at home. And I'm happy, like it was, it was difficult at times because again, I love my work. And Mm -hmm. so I ideate a lot. I'm a visionary Mm -hmm. at heart, but I'm so grateful that I had the opportunity because I didn't always have that opportunity, um, couldn't always afford to do that. And so to be able to do that, I know is a privilege in itself. And I'm very happy that I had the chance to do that because, A, I didn't rest because I have two kids. So let's get that clear real fast. It wasn't a vacation and it wasn't resting, but it allowed me not to juggle so many balls. Mm -hmm. And when we're constantly juggling all of the things, we can easily get into a state of overwhelm, easily burn out, easy, you know, all the things become exacerbated. And I just knew that I didn't want to, ha- I didn't want to be extra stressed. <laughs> Being home with two kids is more than enough. Okay. Like more than enough. And I just needed time to bring it all back together. And that's good that you, that you took that conscious rest. And also you were showing your audience that you were practicing what you're preaching, despite, Mm -hmm. you know, your calf ways, your calf ways, that little goat wanted to do all the things. She's out here. That process, that was 2021. So we're now in 2022. Mm -hmm. And as you're preparing for a keynote now, and what has that journey been like as you're making yourself open to more external opportunities out outside of home. Yeah, I'm taking it slow. Mm-hmm. And there are many times, again, I blame Cap because it's all her, that I like start to take on more than I can chew as I transition back and I've had to pull back. I'm actually in a couple of different certification programs right now. Mm-hmm. And I had to, outside of this keynote, I was like, you know, what if you gave yourself an opportunity to actually be very present for these trainings versus being in these trainings and trying to market and sell and do all the things at the same time. And so I like literally recently made that decision to actually keep the morning shift co on ice for the moment while I finish this. And then we'll be making our full way back into the marketplace in the next couple of months. And that in itself was also, again, honoring this season of change. Like why take on again, because I can, you know, Mm -hmm. and not everyone can, but a lot of the times we can, and we choose not to. So I'm going to throw that out there. Not everyone can. And I understand that, Mm -hmm. but those who can also tend to like to fill their plate. And that goes back to value, productivity, Mm -hmm. production, that, you know, worthiness, because I've continued to do this work on myself, not tying my worthiness or my value to the level of productivity or even the level of money that I output, you know, in this particular season. And so that is also a practice. How liberating has that been for you? So very, 
you can, I can just take a really big X, you know, if you're waiting to exhale, this is the, (laughs) this is the moment because so many of us, I'm actually one of the certifications I'm getting is breathwork facilitation. And so many of us hold our breaths Mm -hmm. unconsciously that we're literally, I'm literally waiting to exhale. And that's why when we are conscious about the breath and we take that deep breath in and release, mm-hmm. you feel like such a huge weight is taken off of your shoulders yeah. because we're constantly holding on to so much. And I have goosebumps because it's like, I can, I feel it because I know I have lived it. There are times I'm still living it. And yeah. I got to bring myself back to, is this honoring you and your highest good? Like really, is it? Like we all have goals. We all have, you know, certain levels of ambition of what we want to do and what we want to achieve. But can there, can there be room for joy? Yeah. Can there be room for downtime? Mm-hmm. Can not every season be a season of grind? You mm-hmm. know, there are seasons for hustle and seasons for grinding it out. Mm-hmm. But does every season have to look like that? <laughs> can some seasons just be to be, you know, yeah. and an allowance maybe a season of surrender, Mm. a season of wintering and just Mm -hmm. kind of being closed off in a season of bloom. Like if we really think about it, our seasons can and probably should mirror nature. Think about what happens 12 months out of the year. We go through four seasons. And so what if we allowed ourselves to also go through various seasons Mm -hmm. throughout the year and be okay with it versus trying to either live in that hustle grinding season all the time mm-hmm. or trying to get to the next big giant goal, which I'm all about goal setting. I have courses and classes on it. Okay. Uh-huh. But with intentionality, mm-hmm. with really knowing what is it that you want. So often we are chasing things that we thought that past us wanted, mm-hmm. right. Or that other, or that we see other people have, especially with social media being so prevalent, Mm -hmm. we're constantly inundated by what others are doing, what others have. And then you start feeling like, well, if I don't have, am I doing as good? Should I have that already? Like Mm -hmm. uh, I'm behind, you know, maybe I'm five years behind. I'm 10 years behind. I'm, I'm so behind on life. And we have no idea what other people are going through and what they're experiencing or what they what they were, what challenges they were met as they reached, you know, these different places. And I definitely used to be very uh, stuck in compare, you know, the comparison place of like, oh man, this person and I kind of started doing the same thing at the same time. Mm-hmm. How did they get like over here? And I'm yeah. still over here, mm-hmm. you know? And it's been very liberate. So you use the word liberation. These last two years of me taking my unintentional and then in very intentional break mm-hmm. has been quite liberating, not only from the time and space that I've given sure. myself to, to grow and become into this next version, but I realize how much growth I've had because I I see certain colleagues who have gotten book deals and going on book tours and um, speaking on certain on big stages and going to conferences and events, which I'm still iffy about, <laughs> even though I have a, con- a conference that I'm speaking at coming up because um, of COVID. But like, there's no jealousy. And yeah. that feels really good. Like, there's no envy. Mm-hmm. There's 
just like, that's awesome for you. Like, I love that for you. It's like my new favorite phrase. Like, I love that for you. I love what that is doing for you. I love how excited you are. And I can still be just like chilling over here, Mm -hmm. knowing that whatever I desire will still be there for me. It will. Whenever I'm ready, you know, as I'm ready to get back um, and come back on the scene of of sorts, Mm -hmm. that the things that I want are still there. Mm-hmm. They will still be there. It hasn't missed me. What's for me is, is for you. me. And it has not missed me. And there's great comfort in that. And it's very a liberating mindset to know that you don't have to speed up to get what's yours. Yeah. You can just be and live and honor and know and surrender to the time in which you may be living. And then get ready for whatever that next season is. And that's probably been one of the most liberating thoughts um, and processes on a personal and definitely on a professional level. I I love you're in that space because as they say, comparison is a thief of joy. Mm -hmm. It definitely is. As you look back and, and of course, you know, you're an introspective person and doing the work, not only because you're a coach, but diving in deep with you. So I'm curious if you could talk to your 18 year old self, Mm. what would you, what advice would you give her knowing all that, you know, now, what advice, (laughs) what what, what advice would, would you give her on honoring herself? Mm -hmm. I actually did a video some years ago. Um, Speaking to, I think, my 20-year-old self. Maybe it was my 18-year-old self. I don't know. But it was, it was definitely my younger self. Mm-hmm. Right now, and even then, my advice probably has changed since I did that video. What would I tell my 18-year-old self? Whew, I was 18. Things were wild. Things were, <laughs> things were wild back then. I had so much anxiety. I just remember being in a constant state of depression. Mm. You know, like just that very woe is me mm-hmm. place. Yeah. Um, I would first say it's all going to, it's all going to be okay. Mm-hmm. You know, it's all going to work itself out. So mm-hmm. breathe here, yeah. <laughs> breathe here, like excel, excel here and know that the growth is coming. Mm-hmm. Um, but mostly Enjoy the change and the challenges that there is, there is magic in the shifting and that part, we are always trying to rush. We're always trying to, if I can just get through this moment and get to the next, if I can just get through this time, I'll be happier then, uh, or more joyful or I'll rest or whatever the case may be. But what if even in the chaos, you can find a moment for joy, a moment for rest, Mm -hmm. a moment of being, knowing that I will make it through. Even when you feel like you can't, you have to, this is an affirming place, right? Mm -hmm. I will, I am resourceful enough. I have the resilient the perseverance Mm -hmm. that I will make it through this time. Yes. It's tough. Yes. It feels hard. Mm -hmm. I was talking about this in my keynote that change isn't hard. It feels hard. 
And that simple reframe can shift the way that we process through through the change, mm-hmm. through the changes that we're enduring as a society, the changes that we may be doing personally or professionally. But mm-hmm. this feels hard right now. Yeah. And I can, and I can acknowledge that this feels hard. I am going to hold space for the, you know, I tell my daughter the big emotions, right? Like these big emotions that are coming up. I can sit with that and I can allow for it. And then I can see the magic in this moment. Mm -hmm. There's something here. There is a lesson to be learned. Mm -hmm. There is a new outcome to be had. And what is this experience teaching me? And so that's what I would say to my 18 year old self. What are these experiences here to teach you? What lessons can you pull from this? Even if it's one, maybe the one lesson is I'm not going like, you know, I think of, of Uh (laughs) ex-boyfriends. That's like the biggest thing. We always want a lesson from experiences. Hey, you should have let him go sooner, but (laughs) (laughs) wasting your time, girl. Okay your time. But outside of that is that you are whole all by yourself. That was a huge lesson for me out of those early relationships Mm -hmm. that I really did not need someone to complete me, Mm -hmm. but I was whole by myself and I was looking for another whole person Mm -hmm. to embark on this journey of life with. And from our wholeness, we cultivate and create something magical, Mm -hmm. but I did not need anyone to complete who I was to make a whole piece. And in hindsight is 2020. We always learn our lessons some years down. We're like, oh man, if only I could go back. But if we can, and that's my challenge to everyone here is even in the midst of the fire and the chaos, what is like one simple counter? Mm -hmm. What is one simple lesson or takeaway? Even if you're like literally deep in it, Mm-hmm. that you can pull from this moment. Because if you can pull one lesson from this moment, that can actually change the trajectory of how you move forward moving on. Then imagine what happens when you get to the other side of it, the lessons that you'll be able to pull and the things that you will know and what you can share, not only to those around you, but how you'll be able to influence and impact people for for years to come. Absolutely. Hindsight is twenty twenty, but... It also teaches us how much resilience we have and that we were learning lessons without even realizing it mm-hmm. to create this whole new reality. Yeah. And Tiffany, there's a question I ask all of my guests because I have this quote by Jean Bolin. And the quote is, when you discover something that nourishes your soul and brings you joy, care enough about yourself to make room for it in your life. So I must ask you, what nourishes your soul so much that you absolutely create space for it? Hmm. Like just any, every day, anything? Anything, yeah. A bath. (laughs) That nourishes me. Like I literally be searching for bathtubs when I go in places. (laughs) Does this place have, because it's in a bath. Mm-hmm. Like it's the deep soak that not only physically feels good, mm-hmm. but it is a place to exhale. Yeah. It is a place to kind of allow all the things that may be feeling like a weight on your shoulders or mm-hmm. in your mind and just kind of releasing it to the water. There's something very therapeutic about water. 
in yeah, general, absolutely. right? Whether, whether it's a bath or a shower, even in the shower, I literally have my best thoughts, <laughs> you know, yeah. like the, the best thoughts come up. I'm like, oh, I really need a recorder in here. So <laughs> I write most of my speeches in my shower. That's the water. Mm-hmm. The water allows for you to kind of literally wash away, mm-hmm. you know, what the dirt and the things that no longer belong here, but mm-hmm. it can also do it from a spiritual level. Yeah. Um, and that always brings me joy. Oh, I love that. Are you a Epsom salt person? Do you put flowers? Are you all of it? What what what's I am, mean? I do the Epsom salts. If I have flowers, the flowers are going in it. If I have some milk, I don't know. Whatever I can throw in that bathtub, I will become tea. Okay. Like I will put it in there. <laughs> Not tea. I, I will soak in it and I too will be tea. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh well no wonder your skin's so luminous. You know, thank you for noticing. <laughs> I I love a good bath. Like it is, whew, yeah. I mean, and that's a part of, it's interesting because it's like a part of my brand. Uh-huh. Um, like people will know and be like, did you go and have a bath? Like people will ask me like, did you get your bathtub? Did you go get a bath? All the gifts that I received for my birthday was literally bath salts, bath bombs, bath everything. I was like, everyone thinks they know me around here. Okay. I mean, y'all do. Yeah. I mean, it was true. Y'all do. And I will use this stuff, but you know, I could like other things. But maybe if people ask me on podcasts, what do I find joy in? And I say things like baths, then it makes sense that people send me bath salts. <laughs> well, what, what else bring, is bringing you joy these days? Oh, um, I'm in a very happy, excited place, just in general. Like I said, it's, it's been two very long, crazy years, mm-hmm. and I'm coming out on the other side of this identity death version, mm-hmm. you know, that I just kind of transitioned out of. Yeah. And I'm feeling just myself. I'm feeling myself and feeling the evolution that has occurred. And mm-hmm. that just feels amazing. And I, I feel very joyous just in my own growth and what's happening next. Like, I'm just so excited about the body of work that I'm building and what I plan to put into the world. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm giddy and I almost like, I have to be like, be patient, be yes. patient. Like, don't say too many things because you're still working on certain things. Like just be in this moment and just like mm-hmm. allow for yourself to experience what you're building and the world will know soon enough, but that's bringing me so much joy. Mm, I'm excited. I am excited to see what else that you are bringing out into the world. And um, do you have any resources that you'd like to share with us today? I have all kinds of things, but a lot of things are being revamped um, around, particularly around well-being. Those things are being revamped. So you're just going to have to wait and see. Yeah. If you're, you know, if you're into other things like voting, like I have a voting children's book, <laughs> you can find those things that like uh-huh. I can't co but all of my well-being stuff is literally in the process of being reimagined and revamped so as soon as I do though you'll be the first to know and I'm sure you'll put it in in the links that be yes. so that people can find it I certainly will and are, are there any other books or resources that are kind of bringing you joy or replenishing you in this mm. season I'm actually reading right now um, the politics of trauma. And it's really 
And it actually goes very well with my work because Uh a lot of what we're processing is internalized trauma from Mm -hmm. childhood. But this book actually shows you just how much we're internalizing from the world around us Mm -hmm. ancestrally, like just how it all comes to be. And I feel like the more we know and the more understanding we have of our bodies Mm -hmm. and how it works mind, body, and soul, the neuroscience behind how we show up in the world, the more equipped we actually are when it comes to these seasons of change, which is why I'm studying breath Mm -hmm. and how we are able to move the breath around in order to unlock certain parts of us that are literally being held on in our cells, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So the more we're able to learn and understand how our body and our mind actually operates and functions, the more we're able to have context for why we do what we do. And we don't just be like, I'm crazy. You know, like the things, the things that we always say about ourselves, like, no, there's actually a real (laughs) tangible reason to why you're responding the way that you're responding. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You should just learn what that is. And then you'll be able to like, name it mm-hmm. and be like, Oh, I see. And now I see a pattern. I mean, this is what therapy does, right? Like I see the pattern and now I can course correct the pattern so that I don't continue to do these things. So I'm all about resources and books and trainings that give you a deeper dive into who you are so that you create a foundation for who you're here to become. Oh, that's great. And I'll definitely link those resources about the breathwork certification and the politics of trauma in the show notes. Tiffany, if you want to go ahead and share, you know, how can folks uh, connect with you online? Yes, you can find me on social media at Live with Tiffany. Um, you can also learn more about like the work that I do in two places. Livewithtiffany.com is all about me and my personal work and then themorningshift.co and about morning creating, you know, morning routines and rituals to support how we live, lead, and work. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Tiffany. It was a pleasure. It's always a pleasure. And see you next time. Thanks, Joy. I'm so glad Tiffany was able to join us today. From navigating postpartum depression to giving herself permission to rest, there certainly were several takeaways pertaining to rediscovering our identities and evaluating what we need in order to honor ourselves and the higher good. Now I want to hear from you. What do you need in this season to honor yourself? It could be a quiet space, more time for connection with loved ones. It could be making time for a good book. Let me know by tagging me on social media or sending me a DM on Instagram at Joyfully Black. That's at Joyfully BLK. Thanks again for joining Joyfully Black this week. If you enjoyed today's episode, please give a five-star review and share with a friend. And be sure to visit our website, joyfullyblk.com, where you can subscribe to the show at Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast so you'll never miss a show. Until next week, stay in the black, y'all.